0: It's Saturday, July the 18th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, BlackRock's bumper quarter and Catalonia's new lockdown. First, the week in brief. The astonishing rally in American share prices since March translated into a fine second quarter for BlackRock. The world's largest asset manager reported net income of $1.2 billion, up by a fifth year on year. Revenue rose by 4% to $3.6 billion. Assets under management climbed by 13% from the first quarter to $7.3 trillion. This week, America's investment banks also reported a strong quarter, buoyed by the market rally. Several countries set grim records in the COVID pandemic. America registered at least 77,000 new cases, its highest single-day increase so far. The country now has more than 3.5 million confirmed infections, more than any other. Brazil follows with 2 million, it reported passing that mark on Thursday. India surpassed 1 million infections the next day. British Airways said it would retire its remaining 31 Boeing 747 jumbo jets with immediate effect. It had intended to phase the Queens of the Skies out of its fleet by 2024, but COVID-19 forced a change of plan when demand for air travel collapsed. Of a total of 500 or so jumbo jets in service before COVID-19, only around 30 are still flying passengers. Kate Brown, Oregon's Democratic governor, criticised federal agents after they launched a crackdown on protesters in Portland, the state's largest city. Demonstrations against police brutality have roiled the city for over 50 days. In recent days, federal agents have donned camouflage, set off tear gas and dragged demonstrators into unmarked vehicles. Ms Brown called those actions a blatant abuse of power. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court's oldest justice, said she was being treated for a recurrence of cancer. The 87-year-old, one of the nine-member court's four liberal justices, said she was fully able to continue her work and that a course of chemotherapy, started in mid-May, was showing positive results. Last year she was treated for pancreatic cancer. The Spanish region of Catalonia tightened social distancing rules in Barcelona and the surrounding area after an increase in new infections this week. Public gatherings and private ones of more than 10 people will be banned, while nightclubs will be closed. Some restrictions will also be imposed on dining in restaurants. And Thomas Bach, the head of the International Olympic Committee, warned countries against boycotting future Games. Mr Bach probably had the Beijing Winter Olympics in mind, although he denied he was referring to a specific event. The IOC worries those Games, scheduled for 2022, might be boycotted in protest at China's human rights abuses in Xinjiang and heavy-handedness in Hong Kong. And now, here's today's agenda. The chicks are back in town. Gaslighter. After 14 years and a change of name, having dropped the Dixie in June for its association with the Confederate States and the American Civil War, the country pop group have returned with a new album. The trio are known for their appealing bluesy melodies on stage and their political statements off it. They were boycotted by thousands of radio stations in America in 2003 after saying that they were ashamed of President George W. Bush and his decision to wage war in Iraq. They responded in 2006, singing about the controversy in Taking the Long Way, a Grammy award-winning album. Gaslighter, released yesterday, is similarly frank and fun. The title track, inspired by lead singer Natalie Maines' divorce, castigates a liar doing anything to get your ass farther. March, March is a protest anthem which refers to climate change, fake news and gun control. Over a decade later, the chicks are still not ready to make nice. Rebels with a cause, Harrow and Libertas. Norman Oler is one of the most controversial recent writers about Nazi Germany. His previous book, Blitzed, published elsewhere as High Hitler in 2015, exposed the extent of drug addiction in the Nazi government. Historians trashed it in reviews. Sir Richard Evans of Cambridge University called it a crass and dangerously inaccurate account and morally and politically dangerous because it implied that Adolf Hitler was not responsible for his actions. Mr. Oler's new book, The Bohemians, may be greeted more warmly. It tells the story of a largely forgotten German couple, Harrow and Libertas Schulze-Boysen, who were executed after resisting the Third Reich. Instead of fleeing Germany, they existed alongside the regime. Libertas was at one point a Nazi Party member, while passing information to foreign spies and helping persecuted Jewish families. The Bohemians rightly remembers the Schulzer Boysens, who are little known compared with others who resisted the Nazis. Something old, something new, modern matchmaking. Long before dating apps, there were matchmakers. Their age-old practice, updated for the present, is the focus of Netflix's series Indian Matchmaking, which was released this week. The programme follows Seema Taparia, a marriage consultant from Mumbai, as she sets up matches for millennials of Indian descent. Miss Taparia searches across India and America, consulting her clients, their families, other matchmakers and even the heavens. The series explores what its creator, Smriti Mundra, calls the marriage industrial complex, which is robust in some Indian and South Asian cultures. It is familiar territory for Ms. Mundra. In 2017, she released A Suitable Girl, a documentary about the institution of arranged marriage from the perspectives of three young Indian women. Whereas the film treated the topic with solemnity, the new series offers a more light-hearted look – it is, after all, a reality dating program – into the effort that goes into fixing nuptials today. Ultra-black sea life, invisible deep-sea fish. Hundreds of metres beneath the ocean surface, sunlight barely registers. Predators and prey in these murky depths are lit only by the bioluminescence of other organisms, which can blow their cover. But some fish, described in a study published on Thursday in Current Biology, have almost perfected invisibility. At least 16 species caught by American scientists in the Gulf of Mexico and Monterey Bay have ultra-black skin. Like humans, the fish use melanin to absorb light, but in a specialised shape and arrangement that allows just 0.5% to escape. This makes them 20 times darker than black paper, electrical tape or indeed most anything found on the surface. Some even have ultra-black skin around their gut to enshroud recent bioluminescent snacks. Photographing them is difficult because often nothing appears but a faint silhouette. Mimicking these fish could inspire cheaper and stronger designs for ultra-black materials such as telescopes, cameras and, of course, camouflage. Blood and Sand, UFC in the Middle East Yass Island, a luxury resort in Abu Dhabi, is usually a fine place to relax. Not at the moment. Since July 11th, more than 600 athletes, trainers and staff from the Ultimate Fighting Championship, and American Martial Arts League, have been quarantined there. The resort, rechristened Fight Island, is hosting four events over two weeks. Tonight, Joseph Benavidez and Davison Figueiredo will scrap it out in a free-for-all of boxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling and other disciplines for the flyweight title. When America's coronavirus-induced travel restrictions halted fights, the United Arab Emirates spied an opportunity. No spectators will be on Fight Island, but millions will tune in from home. Fighters have praised their hosts in post-match press conferences with one gushing I love Abu Dhabi, I love the UAE. For the UFC, the Gulf Getaway allows fights to proceed safely during the pandemic, discounting the usual blood, bruises and broken bones. For Abu Dhabi, it is a publicity knockout. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Nelson Mandela, who was born on this day in 1918. When a man is denied the right to live the life he believes in, he has no choice but to become an outlaw.